ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Scott Show, a loaded one on the last day of March. Moving forward here, we have hit on the Saints, the Cajuns, Hope Fest. Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports coming up at the bottom of the hour. But joining me now, friend of the program, friend of mine, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights, joins me now. Uh, the Pelicans last night. Not their best game, Ollie, but uh, a win's a win, right? And at this point, do what you can to, to keep a hold of that ninth spot and, and keep this momentum moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. We know that not every win's going to look perfect in any sport. And the Pelicans, you know, credit to the Trailblazers. They, they made a lot of open threes, um, and you still got to make those threes. And they got up big on the Pelicans, uh, but they, they stayed within touch. And then, of course, they did what they needed to down the stretch of the game, right? Towards the end of the third quarter, you started to feel the momentum getting back in New Orleans' hands. And, of course, in the fourth, they seized it, finally building a double-digit point uh, lead. Yeah, C.J. McCollum's return to Portland, a lot of emotions, a lot of cheers. Both teams really happy for him. Um, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a cool scene. And the Pels, they kind of, I guess, sluggish maybe in the first half, just maybe a step slow, but... Got it together, and now uh, two more huge games against L.A. And, you know, Ali, it's, it's been several years since you got to the month of April, and we're a day away where the <laughs> Pelicans were playing meaningful basketball games. That Meaningful in that it, it wasn't about the draft lottery. It was about, you know, uh, positioning for the postseason here. What, what in your mind has been, outside of C.J. McCollum, what has been the biggest, in your mind, driving force behind this uptick, this team that started three and sixteen, and since then, you know, has played really well. And then Brandon Ingram missed a lot of games, and then with CJ, they started to learn how to win without Ingram when he was hurt. Just a lot of, uh, other than the obvious McCollum thing, what do you think the number one driving force behind the recent success has been? Well, yeah, I mean, th- there's several reasons honestly in my head. This starting lineup's good when they're together. When they do have Brandon Ingram and CJ together. Scott, they're six and two on the season, and have looked pretty darn good in a lot of games. And, and the best example was right out of the All Star break, where they uh, went on that four game winning streak, but they destroyed all the opponents. Right, the Phoenix, the Jazz, the Lakers, and one other team. And that that being said, it's got to be the depth. You know, to answer your question fully, Willie Green can turn to now ten, eleven guys, and usually he's going to get something from each of them. I mean, look at what Trey Murphy's been doing over the last week or so. Uh, his three-pointers last night, he hit two of them late in the fourth quarter that kind of gave the Pelicans that separation. 
You know, you know what Herb Jones gave you defensively, but now Jose Alvarado is consistently always giving you something. He came up with four steals last night. And, of course, I, I love Larry Nance. You know, those people that have followed the NBA, not just the Pelicans, know of Larry. He's a good role player. He comes up with key blocks, makes some good passes, rebounds, you name it. So, yeah, I, I want to say it's a depth because at the start of the year, when the Pelicans would play semi-decently out of the gates, right, Jonas Valanciunas was really the kind of the rock, the cornerstone when he, when Willie would turn the bench, they really failed. Honestly, they, they weren't productive at all, but now they've done a 180. Ali Cassell, managing editor of the birdrights.com, the SB nation blog covering the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson is on the trip with the Pelicans. That is not been the case this season as he has been with the team, then away from the team, then back with the team rehabbing, Plenty of speculation last week about what is he trying to say with his Instagram dunk, which was about two seconds long. Um, you know, I, Zion, there's so much speculation all the time with Zion. As you know, Ali, I've kind of been on that train since November of I just don't think he's going to play this year. And I, and I still feel that way unless the team, you know, makes some improbable playoff run. And I, I'm not anticipating mm-hmm. that, but... The fact that Zion's on the trip, big deal, not a big deal, just a sign that, you know what, he's he's healthy enough maybe not to play but to move around a lot. What's your, what's your scope of things? Yeah, it's not a big deal to me either, Scott, because I'm, I'm completely with you. I think if the Falcons make the actual playoffs and get past the playing tournament, then we would probably see him. But before that, it's just so hard to see. So the fact that he's on this uh, road trip says a couple of things. Number one, he is moving closer, right, to a return. But number two, he wants to be that good teammate. He wants to be around these guys that are having fun and experiencing success on the court, something he's never done. So I'm sure he doesn't want to miss out at least on that. But as far as him coming back and say, a couple of days or playing in L.A., no, that's not going to happen. On one hand, Ali, uh, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, visiting with Ali Cassell. On one hand, there's some Pelicans fans that, kind of want to see the Lakers in the 10 spot because the Pels would have a chance to eliminate them. Let's be honest, the Pelicans have had plenty of success against them this season. And then on the other, it's like, no, look, you really want them to keep losing because their draft pick falls in the top 10. It goes to New Orleans. And then you end up only losing, you know, a future second rounder to Memphis and you end up getting a lottery pick while also possibly being in the postseason. Um I, I look at it as, look, it'd be nice to, to, to advance out of the play-in, and San Antonio seems to be a, a more difficult opponent for New Orleans. It, it's, again, all of these things speculating is, is fun because it means they're playing some fun basketball late in the season, meaningful basketball, but are the Lakers just toast at this point? Are they just going to continue trending downward because things are... I, I, know, I know they've got the game circled Saturday, um, or rather mm-hmm. tomorrow. I, I know that they're... They're looking at this game against New Orleans where they host the Pelicans tomorrow as this is our chance. If we're going to get into the play-in, it's an absolute must-win for us. Are are the Lakers just hopeless at this point? Are they just doomed to not even make the play-in? I'm not worried about them. Look, they got a game tonight, and if they're resting both Anthony Davis and LeBron, that's another loss. So that's pushing them back down another half a game in the standings. And they can't treat... Um, by, by looking at the schedule and just trying to circle a couple of matchups on what they want to win. <laughs> because, look, they're on, what, I think a four-game losing streak, and they've just been flat-out awful since January 7th or 9th, where they haven't even won two games in a row. No, I mean, it, it would take such a miracle for them, I feel like, honestly, to at least get in the ninth. They could probably still make the playing tournament, but the Spurs are playing well. 
Scott, man. And look, they if they make a layup last night in the closing seconds, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who are as hot as any team in the league. So catching the Spurs just seems unlikely. Um, and and I, to your point, I do. I would rather play the Lakers, I think, in the playoffs, or excuse me, in the playing tournament game, than the Spurs, who are playing well. That's another team that always gives New Orleans trouble as to where it, for some reason, New Orleans has seemingly solved the L.A. riddle this year. They're 2-0 and against the Lakers, 3-0 and against the Clippers. I mean, you maybe have to push that aside because a lot of those games happened earlier in the year. But still, I know the Pelicans have confidence against those teams in L.A. We have a chance to win two more, and then it would be nice setup to possibly get a chance to beat one of them one more time, each of them one more time, to maybe then play your way into a first-round series. But the way the Lakers are playing, they've lost 7-10, to uh, they're in a big slump, and the Spurs are, you know, they have a winning record in their last 10. And just, ten, uh, Greg Popovich in a one-game situation, I mean, you know how it goes. Um, but but I think I think we're, we're kind of focusing a lot on the present. The good news, Ali, is that I think what we've really seen this year is hope for the future. Even with all of the, the Zion drama aside, you, you put the Zion drama in any season in the past, and it kind of just feels like an anchor. I mean... There, Zion was great last year. He was an all-star. There was no drama of what does he want to do? Is this being overstated? Is there, is is the national media exacerbating it? Is he going to be healthy long term? Like last year, it was just oh my god, this team hates playing for Stan Van Gundy. This is dreadful, and the team's not good. Like you throw the drama in this year, and the fact that the Pelicans, let's be honest, are ten games under five hundred. But for anyone that's been paying attention to what has been happening over the last few months. The fact that the arrow is is trending upward and it feels more real this time, I think, in the past, you know, or pretty, I mean, like, you know me, I, I get jaded. I got jaded with the Pelicans early in the season. But I can I can be objective and admit it when I see it. Right now, the, the, the arrow is trending upward and there doesn't appear to be a giant anchor on it. It's, it's it, it, the, 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 the long term, I'll say this, the, the, the next couple of years, that future timeline for the Pelicans is looking really, really solid right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, in the past, it felt like whatever superstar was in New Orleans, you almost felt they uh, they held New Orleans captive, right? The the whole team, the whole franchise, because whatever they did, that pretty much determined the fate of uh, the team and especially their record for the next season or so. It doesn't feel like that anymore with Zion. And you've mentioned a lot of the proof already. This team plays has played well, uh, specifically since that poor start where you feel like this is going to be an above 500 team because they were a 500 team with just Brandon Negram as the star. But now with CJ, you feel a lot better. And then you look around the roster. They've got good fitting pieces around these guys. You need a double-double. You need some scoring in the post. Jonas is your guy. He's got a decent backup in Willie Hernan Gomez behind him. But then I'm more looking at the youth. They've all taken steps. Jackson Hayes. Look, he's in, in the starting lineup, and usually he's giving you a couple of things every game that really helps turn the tide. Uh, Najee Marshall went from not playing to now suddenly being an important contributor, right? Good defender, guy that can push the ball in transition for you. And then everybody knows about Jose Alvarado. Trey Murphy's coming along. I mean, Scott, they, they, they tried to put their clamps on, you know, growing their own team, and it didn't work out the first couple of years, right? That draft class was Zion, for instance. Nikhil's already gone. Didi Lozada's gone. Jackson, we weren't sure, would turn the corner, but here in year three, he's finally doing it. So it's taken some time, but you do see a future now. You've got stars and you've got good upcoming young players. And that's the, you know, that's the recipe for you know, sustainable success in this league. 
Ollie Cassell has been our guest. Lastly, Ollie, um, I know you're in New Orleans. I know we talk pro hoops when you're on college hoops. The Final Four being there, is there uh, mm-hmm. is there a buzz in the city yet? I mean, it's the, the games are Saturday, and then the Natty's Monday. Are you are you starting to feel a little bit of buzz in the city, or is it not quite reached that point yet? No, I have seen some tourists around, but I will tell you what: I want to go to the game myself. North Carolina versus Duke. They've never met in the NCAA tournament. And for anybody that's watched college basketball at all knows they're powerhouses. So I think it's going to make for probably one of the best games, you know, of the last, I would say, 10 years, and especially with Coach K. This is whatever happens. This is his last swan song. I can't so, wait until he loses. Yeah. I just Scott, I want this him to gonna lose be, so bad. It's going to be memorable. I just want him to lose so bad. Here's, here's the, the problem sometimes <laughs> with the Final Four. Um, the buildup every year is huge because you have the tournament and the bracket is just it's it, it it's it can't be topped i mean the bracket is what it is it's the, it's amazing mm-hmm. but typically but it all builds to a final four this year it's that but times 10 because of duke unc coach k you know and and if duke wins and they're in the natty it's just it's it's all of the oxygen in the room all the buildup god i just hope we don't get three stinkers right like give us some good yeah uh, dramatic basketball games because a lot of years, you know, the, the, the culmination is it just kind of is a whimper. All the buildup is where all the excitement yep. is in the early round games. And you've got more buildup, more anticipation for this final four than maybe you've ever had, certainly in many years. I, I just hope it can live up to the high, but for, from a, you know, state of Louisiana standpoint and, and where you live in new Orleans, it's definitely great for, the economy here, and uh, I know a lot of folks are going to be coming in for it. National media, fan bases. You got four blue blood programs, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, look, I'm, I hear what you're saying. I've, we've all experienced those poor NCAA tournament kind of dud finishes, uh, not providing those exciting minutes. But you just feel like this year is going to be different. I mean, Duke is coming in, and you see these kids don't want to lose for Coach K. North Carolina, they're playing as well as anybody. Uh, they're scoring a heck of a lot of points, and that starting five might be the best starting five among the four teams remaining. Um, and then Kansas, you know, they're the only number one in here. They've been steady. And Villanova, all they do is win championships, it seems like, for the last six years or so. So I, I think it's not going to be three does. I think there's going to be at least two good games there. Ali Cassell has been our guest at O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. That's how you spell the name. Follow him on Twitter. Check out everything at thebirdrights.com. Check out the Bird Calls N-O podcast from uh, uptown to here in the studio in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, via the phone line, my friend, my guest. Ali, I always appreciate the time, man, and I'm glad, um, you know, sometimes we have conversations on the last day of March, and it's nothing but just... Come on, man. Give me good news, Ali. And I don't even have to ask yeah, you to give me good we're news talking this about draft time. Picks. Right, right, exactly. Right. And we're talking about the draft every year early, but not this year. Nope, not this year, man. All the best, brother. I, uh, I love following your stuff and uh, reading it all, and I'll continue to do so, and I know we'll talk again in the future. Thanks, Scott. Love talking to you as well. Have a good day. Thank you, Ali Cassell. One of the nicest guys you'll meet. Optimistic guy, but does great work at thebirdrights.com. Coming up next... I mean, this guy's ascent in the sports media world over the last two years has been incredible. Ben Mintz from northern Louisiana went to Ole Miss, professional poker player, lived in New Orleans for a while, involved in sports radio in Shreveport, then in Baton Rouge, then at Barstool where he has um, just done great stuff. 
And something that's always been really close to Ben is the Hogs for the Cause, which is happening tomorrow and Saturday in New Orleans. Ben's always repping the state of Louisiana hard. We got a lot to talk to about him. Little betting side of things for the Final Four, and of course, Hogs for the Cause. It's all coming your way next, right here on the Great Scott Show. You don't want to miss it. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions. No doubt. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining us now on this loaded Thursday edition of the show. You know, I spoke to Lance Struther earlier about Hope Fest and the great thing they're doing in helping foster children in the area and Hope Fest happening in Lafayette Saturday. I know many of you are going to be in New Orleans this weekend. Uh, One of my close friends is going. I told him about Hogs for the Cause. He will be there. He's not going to miss up an opportunity for delicious food and great music. And, of course, doing something that helps families fight childhood cancer. To talk to us about that is a young man that is doing amazing things at Barstool Sports, Ben Mintz, Louisiana native, friend of the program, a friend of mine, Mincy. Good morning, man. How is the, how's the uh, weather in New Orleans today? It's good today. It's good. Sun's out. Uh, you know, the rain weather kind of came through last night, but I don't think it came through too, too long. So they, uh, they shut down the field out at Hogs yesterday where people were setting up and uh, we'll be, I'll be going out there in a couple hours to get our tent set up, but I'm kind of knocking on wood that it didn't get messed up too bad. Yeah, man. Um, I was. I know some folks worried about that, and but I think that just goes to show, you know, how much work goes into it. This isn't something that like you kind of set up that day. How for for our listeners that maybe don't know, Mincy, how um, what is Hogs for the Cause, and and why why are you so involved in it? How did you come to be in some ways like unofficially kind of a spokesman for this great cause? Uh, well, so it, it was founded in 2009 when basically they just had a, pe- a few people, uh, a few guys, Becker Hall and Renee being two of the founders, being two of them, uh, had a pig roast out at the fly on the Mississippi River in New Orleans. And they had a friend's son that had uh, pediatric brain cancer, and they just sold the pig, and then they just gave him the money. And uh, it, it kind of morphed from something small like that into 15, 14 years later. It's a world-class barbecue and music fest with 90 teams from all over the nation and a really good music lineup. It's a two-day festival, Friday night and Saturday. And all the money goes uh, to helping families fight pediatric brain cancer. And they build these hogs houses. They're kind of similar to Ronald McDonald houses. They built one in New Orleans by the Children's Hospital. And now they're building a hogs house in Baton Rouge by Our Lady of the Lakes Children's Hospital. And all the money goes toward that. And so uh, it's just an event. When I lived down here from 09 to 14, I used to go every year, and I was just a fan of. I just thought it was an awesome event and cause. And when I got hired by Barstool, I knew it was something I wanted to partner up with, you know, just to build us in Louisiana and more just to give back because I think it's an awesome cause. And last year I was the MC of the event, and this year we're actually putting our first Barstool team in it. And it's the first time we've ever had, like, a Barstool barbecue team. And uh, we're Team Portnoy as a playoff day Portnoy. And, you know, it's so far so good. We've raised some money. 
And uh, I'm excited to get out here and do the thing Friday and Saturday. I got we got a few barstool people, uh, Large and Donnie and Megan making bunnies on our team. And uh, you and I's friend T Bob Abear is part of this too from ESPN Baton Rouge. And then we've got barbecue guys coming from Texas and KC, and we, we it's a it's a real real serious deal. So a lot of logistics, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, man, that's that's really awesome. And um, for for our listeners, you know, like I said, one of my best friends, he's he's going to the Final Four with his cousin. Uh, with some of his kids, I told him about Hogs for the Cause. He's like, I, I got to leave early now. I need to be there. Uh, for for people that go to it, just that aren't on a team, what do they get? Um, how do you know? Obviously, they hear music, they hear barbecue. They're thinking, I get that, but where is it? How can they be a part of it? Okay, okay. So it's at the lakefront, the University of New Orleans, uh, kind of right by the lakefront arena. Is where it is. Uh, you can get tickets online. They, so Friday, it's a Friday night, and Saturday. Friday night, everybody does chicken wings, and bacon, and Saturday, everybody sells all the barbecue. Um, and then everybody has tents. Like I said, there's 90 of them. There's two or three music stages, and it's just a huge party. Uh, is basically what it is. And uh, the weather report looks really good for Friday night. Looks like it's going to rain a little bit Saturday, but uh, there's a long-standing tradition of it being rainy and muddy at Hogs, so that's not going to stop anything. Here, but a lot of people I know are going Friday night and going to the Final Four Saturday. But when you really look at, you know, how big this Final Four weekend is and Hogs, I mean, this is a special weekend to be in New Orleans. No doubt, no doubt, guys. If you're heading there, get there Friday. Um, <laughs> uh, tell Ben hi and and eat some barbecue. And you know, I I um I'm working Friday and I'm I'm helping out with the Hope Fest event here, but. I still was able to do a small part, and I usually don't talk about this, but I, I want to do it to challenge the listeners. I donated some money to uh, to Team Pork Noise. So for listeners oh, that so maybe for the listeners that maybe can't make it uh, to New Orleans, how can they still? You know, again, guys, there's no. You might find an equal cause. You're not going to find a greater cause than helping fight childhood cancer. You're just not. And the families that have to deal with this horror. So how can listeners, you know, help you guys even if they can't make it out? Yeah, uh, you can go to my Twitter at Barstool Mitzi, and I have a pinned tweet that's our donation link. Uh, that, and you can also, we have shirts we're selling. Uh, we're trying to raise 100K, which is a huge goal, but if we raise 100K, we'll have a Team Portnoy Barstool room in the new hog shop in Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, we'll see. I, I feel like we can get there. It's going to depend on how much support we get from Dave and Barstool, but we're off to a pretty dang good start. Uh, but yeah, donations as low as $5 are encouraged. You know, there's a lot of strength in numbers especially with the stoolies because we got a lot of fans. So, yeah, I mean, we'd love to – whatever you can do certainly would be appreciated. It goes to such a noble cause. And uh, just check that. It's on my Twitter, at Barstool Minty. And you can still get tickets. They're running low on tickets uh, for Friday and Saturday, but I think there's still a few available. So you can still get tickets to Hawks for the Cause, too. Get your Hope tickets. To see you out there. Get your tickets now, Mincy. I appreciate the time. Before I let you run, let me pick your brain real quick. Final four, from a betting standpoint, you know, we see Mincy's picks – uh, from a betting standpoint, how are we? How are we feeling about this this final four? And will these last three games? I was saying this in the last segment. I feel like so often the final four is the culmination of March Madness, and it kind of just ends with just like just flat, right? There's no there's no fizz. There's no excitement. It's just kind of three. The hype build up with Duke UNC. I mean, this is maybe the most anticipated <laughs> final four ever. So are they going to live up to it or not? So, uh, I, I think so. I mean, you look at North Carolina is in such a great spot. Because, I mean, they came in this tournament as an eight seed. You know, they had the huge win at Duke at the end of the regular season, and they won a couple games in the ACC tourney. 
But they're playing with house money. I mean, they're way farther than they expected to be in Hubert Davis's first year. They're playing with nothing to lose. They're dangerous. Uh, the pressure's got to be way, way more on Duke and Coach K in this matchup. But, you know, I think we should have two spectacular matchups. On the Villanova side, I'm a little worried about the Justin Moore ACL injury. Because Villanova usually only plays six or seven guys, and so a so loss to them really hurts them. Uh, that's why they're a four-and-a-half-point underdog. But I think we've got two spectacular matchups. I think anything could happen in the UNC Duke game. And, you know, I'm just really excited for New Orleans that they got this good of a Final Four. I can't wait. I'm going to the title game on Monday night. Yeah, I will be at that one as well. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So you go money line or do you just bet against the spread? What are you feeling here? I'm going to probably just take the underdogs and the points because I feel like there's a little bit. I hate that Justin Moore injury because yeah. I like Nova. Because I think Kansas had – Kansas was so dominant in that second half against Miami, but I think Kansas had the weakest road of any team to get there, beating Creighton and Providence and Miami. And so I, I kind of lean Nova because of that. And then just like in any rivalry game, I just like taking the points. And so I'm going to take the four in North Carolina, just kind of on principle as an underdog. Uh, Coach K all time is it's wild. He's 50 and 49 in his career against North Carolina, and this is obviously going to be his final game. So he's either going to end up 51 and 49 or 15 and 50, and that's just a testament to how great that rivalry is. Yeah, Incredible. and God, I hope it ends with an L for him. Uh, we will see. I, I'm cheering for Carolina too. Oh, 100. percent Last thing, Mincy. Uh, I it, I will say this. I always I love how much you rep Louisiana all the time. The Pelicans, the Saints, everything. Um, uh, most folks know. I say most folks. Some folks might not know. You used to be a professional poker player. I saw you tweet last night, uh, or maybe the night before. You had a friend that that was like in an eleven-hour poker game with Adrian Peterson somewhere in Texas. Yeah. And the, what's the longest poker game you ever were involved in? I think I played for like nineteen hours. Is the most I ever played uh, back in like the way the old days, the Horseshoe in Tunica, Mississippi. I think I sat there for nineteen or twenty hours once. How do you prepare um, for that? Re- like, like, what do you do? Do you Man, drink? I, that Red was Bull back or? when I was young and stupid, <laughs> uh, and that was like when I just all I wanted to do was play poker. And so I just loved it, you know. And so it wasn't even like a prep thing. It was just that's all I wanted to do because I was obsessed with it. Uh, nowadays, I mean. You know, anything more than four or five is pretty extreme for me at this this point. But, you know, I still try to play when I can, but I'm so busy with work and stuff, I don't get to play near as much. But I am going to play some World Series poker this summer in Vegas again, for sure. There you go, man. Yeah, Mincy is busy. I uh, sometimes wonder when he sleeps. But it's been awesome watching your ascent, man, and, and seeing you use the platform to get behind something as awesome as Hogs for the Cause, guys. Go follow him on Twitter at Barstool Mincy. Uh, and check out Hogs for the Cause as well on Twitter. That's Hogs and then the number four, the cause. But if you go to Ben's um, Twitter page, you can get a lot more info on what's happening in New Orleans tomorrow night and then Saturday. And even if you can't make it, how you can help be a part of it and um, help them raise money because it's all going towards something that we can obviously all get behind. There's no greater cause than helping families dealing with childhood cancer. Ben, man, I know how busy you are, dude. I appreciate you always taking the time for me. I'll let you get back to work. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, I don't know, man, maybe we'll see you out there Monday night for the natty. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Sounds good. See you out there. All right, all the best. That is Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports. 19 hours in a poker game. I don't know, man. I mean, I I get you get to get up and stretch a little bit, but I don't know if I could sit anywhere for 19 hours. Even back in my gaming days. Credit, credit to Mincy. I forgot to ask him if he, you know, he came out on top. It's a long time to play poker. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll open up phone lines, 337-269-1077. 
We'll revisit what we uh, opened the show with, and I hit on a little bit last year, the Cajun softball team's best win of the season last night, hands down, all the good things that stood out from it. And C.J. McCollum, the word that he kept using to describe his return to Portland probably isn't the word you think it is. I'll tell you about that next right here. This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sport. Hey, this is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on the Rich Eisen Show. Wines delivers. Ground ball off the glove of Dolcini. One run scores. Another run turns, and the throw does not come. Cajuns score two runs on the single by Melissa Mayo. Louisiana leads six to four. And the Texas defense at the infield was playing in to try to cut off that run at third. And Mayu just gets it a, a nice chopper over the pitcher's head and uh, gets it through into the outfield and scores two runs for the Cajuns. They're big. Big hit for the Cajuns and Melissa Mayu. Two balls, two strikes, two out, runner on second base. Game tied at four, bottom of the fourth inning. Sharman. Takes the sign from Pisco. Swines. Delivers. Swung on. Fly ball. Hit to center field. The left. Driving and Fultzman makes the catch to retire the side. Holy cow. What a play from Fultzman. Coming in from out of nowhere like Superwoman. Diving. And with the full extension makes the grab to retire the side. Pitch to Campbell. Swung on fly ball down the left field line. It is gone. Three run home run, Louisiana. We are tied. We've got a new ball game here, folks. As Dalsini tries to come up and in with a screwball, left it out over the plate a little bit too much. And Jordan Campbell turns on it, and that was a no doubter. You have to hit it pretty good. You got to get a good swing to get it out of here to left field today. Those are some audio highlights from last night. Ian Ozan, Bobby Nava on the call from Learfield, ESPN Lafayette. It was, let me tell you something about these young women. They've had their ups and downs this season, but it feels like right now, as they head into April, things are really starting to turn. That elusive win over a top 25 team. The kind of game that earlier this season they were losing, right? You've got a non-conference opponent, a really strong opponent, and you give up some runs. You have a bad inning. You're heading to the pin early. To be down 4 nothing on the road at Texas, who is ranked as high as ninth in a poll, come from behind, get to extra innings, take a lead, then... Texas, uh uh-oh, extra innings, here you are, bottom of the eighth. They get an unearned run. What's going to happen? Nope. Boom. What was it? Back-to-back just pop-ups or fly-outs that Megan Schwarman got. Schwarman was terrific. She's been great this year out of the pin. She's been great in relief. 
She goes in the circle and lights them up. Last night, six and one-third innings. Great, great performance from her. They only only gave up one run. It was unearned. Shut the door when the pressure was on. As a starter, it just hadn't been clicking, but but in relief, man. Because Kendra, she, you know, she got hit up a little early. You're down four nothing, you're like, all right. And then boom, you come firing back. Mentioned the Jordan, you know, you heard the Jordan Campbell three run homer. You heard Mayu's um, you know, go ahead two RBI hit. You heard Falterman's incredible defensive effort. That was big. That was big last night. Biggest win of the season for UL softball, no doubt about it. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Man, we have hit on the Cajuns. We have hit on the Saints. We have hit on Bruce Arians. Basically, say whatever you want. He can say whatever he wants. That's Tom Brady pushing him out of there as head coach. Congrats to Todd Bowles, by the way, on becoming the new head coach of the Bucks. We have hit on the Pelicans. We've hit on Hope Fest, Hogs for the Cause, Final Four, of course, UL Softball. It's a busy day. Tomorrow, Gus Kattengill will be on with me. Also, Danny Reed, play-by-play man for Georgia Southern, who is having a really strong start to this baseball season. And they come to Russo Park this weekend to take on Louisiana. We'll talk to Danny. It's going to be a fun show tomorrow. So... The Pelicans last night go to Portland. They win. C.J. McCollum, standing ovation, highlight package. They love him in Portland. Why wouldn't they? He was a great player for them. He gave them eight and a half great seasons. Gave back to the community. So what's the word you would use, C.J. would likely use to describe to be back there? Like humbling, awesome. No, the word he kept using was Weird. Weird. He was excited to be back there. I mean, he got to see his, you know, his wife and, and young son. They're still living there until the offseason when they formally moved to New Orleans. It's hard to pick up your family and move when your son's four weeks old and go across the country. He was happy to be back, you know, sleeping in his own bed for a night and with family. But as far as being back at the Moda Center in Portland, it's been weird. It's been a weird few hours. That's what he kept saying. He said the whole day was just, just weird. It was nice that Portland, you know, Damian Lillard and Nurkic and Josh Hart, you know, they weren't able to play. And in the end, it was just a basketball game. The city and fans embraced McCollum. Portland loves CJ and New Orleans loves CJ. He's embraced the Pelicans while also talking about his love for where he spent the first eight and a half years of his career. Although I did have to laugh a little. When I saw CJ talking about how great it is in New Orleans, he's like, man, we got a fun team. The cuisine uh, is is second to none. I have incredible options. And it's been 75 degrees every day. The weather's great. It's like, ooh. So I better warn him about the humidity that's coming this summer. But, yes, this time of year in South Louisiana, when it's not storming like it was yesterday, it's um, It's nice. It's nice. Weather's good. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Weird. You know, but CJ said it's, you know, getting to New Orleans is exactly how he thought it would be. Said he knew what he was signing up for. In 20 games with the Pels, he is averaging 26 points, five boards, and six and a half assists a game. Are you kidding me? 
put him in the lead guard role. Guard role. It, it, it's it's been tremendous. It's been tremendous. People go saying it's a win-win. The Blazers are happy. Are they? I guess it depends on how they they use what they got in return. But Josh Hart's probably going to be gone this year, so you got some draft assets. Didi Lozado played three games for the Pelicans. I mean, is is Portland really happy about it? I guess they needed to free up the space. It really depends. I, I would say that's TBD. I know this. The Pelicans are very happy about it. And he didn't just say for the record that it was weird. He also said, you know, the standing ovation was cool. It was great seeing the love. You know, I'll always appreciate a thankful special moment. He says, I'm tired, man. I'm emotionally drained. Pelican's now going to spend five days in L.A. As uh, they take on the Lakers tomorrow night. Late tip, 930. The late tips on the weeknights, really, I really struggle with that. Last night, whew, but I was up late. Madeline Adams wished her well. She is uh, heading to New Orleans, and there were a lot of people in the local media off to uh, have a little sort of goodbye gathering for her. Wish her well. She's going to do great in New Orleans. But when I went to the venue, when I first got in there, the Pelicans weren't on anywhere. And I looked at my friend Seth Lewis. I'm like, we got to change that. They need to get this thing on the TVs now. And They did. You're into the team, got to keep working on it. Lakers Friday, Clippers Sunday night. Have a great weekend, everybody. What am I talking about? I hope you had a great March. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Kick off your weekend with me, or at least the last day of the work week tomorrow, as I will visit with Gus Kattengill, Danny Reed, and all of you tomorrow morning. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. The Dan Patrick Show is next on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.